We have to shift from a medical mindset of healthcare delivery to a marketing mindset. And what I mean by a marketing mindset is not marketing like public relations or sales or advertising. I mean the fundamental essence of marketing, which is really understanding your customer, identifying your customers, identifying a solution for them, and then engaging them in that solution. And I've got three steps that I've observed in every other industry. I mean, they live, they breathe this every single day, except for healthcare. Welcome to an Encore podcast presentation from Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com. Zev Neuwirth is with us. He's the Senior Medical Director of Population Health at Atrium Health. And independent of that, he has been doing a very successful podcast focused on healthcare and now has just released a book. It's called Reframing Healthcare, A Roadmap for Creating Disruptive Change. Zev and I have had a lot of conversations about this. I'm really thrilled now that I get to talk with you on the air, on the record here, because Zev, you are way ahead of the curve when it comes about thinking about and correcting healthcare so that it works for everyone. Welcome and, and congratulations on the publication of the book. Well, Greg, thanks so much. It's, it is a pleasure to speak with you anytime, but I'm delighted to be on your show today. Zev's website is reframehealthcare.org. That's where you can find out more about the book and the podcast. The podcast is called Creating a New Healthcare. You can also follow him on Twitter. He's very active there at Zev Newworth. Let me spell it. It's Z-E-E-V-N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H. You can also find him on LinkedIn where he has a reframing healthcare group, correct? Correct. Thank you. Yep. I want to talk about the book. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about the podcast, mm -hmm. but I really, really, those are supporting and driving the communications for a much larger thing, which is you and your vision and your mission for healthcare for, I don't know if it's the United States or the world. So let's talk about your mission. What, what is driving you? What do you see today and where do you want us to go? You know, I just want to do a quasi-correction of what you said in the intro, and thank you for saying ahead of the curve. And But the truth is that what I've been doing is actually observing where healthcare is going right now and in the immediate future. And what I've been doing in the podcast is interviewing people who are actively creating a new healthcare and it's from years of observing innovators and leaders and entrepreneurs that I've distilled a roadmap. This is essentially the way that real change agents are going about creating fundamental change and, and doing it in a very, very successful and sustainable way. And so all I've done, I, I'm actually, to be honest with you, I'm actually not ahead of the curve. What I'm really good at is observing and discerning and distilling what phenomenal people are doing and doing successfully. And I've packaged it up in the book in this seven-step reframe roadmap so that other leaders across the country, whether they be in provider groups or healthcare systems, whether they be in insurance companies or vendors or large organizations, even like the Amazons and Googles or employers who are interested in healthcare or policymakers, they have a, an understanding of what is fundamentally changing in healthcare and how to get on the, onto that road. And so that's really all I've done. You're a very modest man. Because <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> I heard everything you just said, and I thought to myself, in other words, you're ahead of the curve. <laughs> okay. And, I, and well, I'll tell you why I say that, because I yeah. think it's 
I think it's an important distinction and it's okay if you disagree with me and it's okay for you to be modest. I think that that's probably a large part why you're successful at what you're doing, but being ahead of the curve doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it all, Mm. but you've put yourself in there with these other people. You're for instance, interviewing on your podcast and in your book. And when you look at the list of, for instance, testimonials for your book, it's an amazing and impressive list of people. When you look at the people you're interviewing, you're ahead of the curve with them. I didn't mean you were alone. And this isn't, I don't, I I think you would agree the change we need, the disruptive change that you talk about in the book and the podcast, it's not going to, it's not Steve Jobs saying, here's an iPod. It's much bigger than that. And you are part of the people who are ahead of the curve. Does that fit better? You know, you're, you know what? You're like a philosopher of innovation (laughs) and entrepreneurship. I I think you should. I'm like your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, no one's quite like my mom was. Well, I didn't, I'm not replacing her. But what do you see as possible for us? Because I don't think anyone's going to argue that there are problems. By the way, I want to read a quote from your website. This came from one of the episodes of your podcast. The speaker was Marcus Osborne. And for those who don't know who he is, he has the most amazing job title in the world. He is the VP of Health and Wellness Transformation at Walmart. And I'm guessing most people didn't know that Walmart had a VP of Health and Wellness Transformation. Marcus Osborne is that guy. And here's what he said on Zev's podcast that I think it really, the fact that you brought this out of him really helps the rest of us understand where we are today. He said, people too often say the U.S. healthcare system is broken. It's actually not broken. It just was designed for the wrong thing. And I think that really gets to the core of what you're working on, too, is A, to make people aware that the system has to be designed for the actual goal. Mm-hmm. And then we have to design a system that accomplishes the goal that we've set out. Is that a pretty good distillation? That is a perfect distillation. And Marcus is spot on. And, and he's he and Walmart are great examples of some of the really profound, I would say, unprecedented change that is about to happen in the healthcare market that most people are not aware of, or, and even if they are aware of, don't understand. And that's one of the reasons I've written the book. And he's in the book, and Walmart's in the book, along with others. The first thing just to say is that there is a problem. And I think that's important to understand. The problem is there for the people within healthcare, the providers within healthcare, and more importantly, of course, for the public that is being served by the healthcare system. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about statistics and the situation. And I think most of the people who are listening to this program are aware of the problem. But let's just have a couple of factoids here. Number one, the mortality, the longevity, uh, life expectancy in the United States, it's the second or third year in a row that life expectancy has been decreasing. This is the first time in our history that we've ever witnessed that. Now, every other developed nation in the world is seeing an increase in life expectancy, and we are at least two or three years in a row seeing a decrease. And this is not in the older people in, the, in their 80s and 90s. This is people in their, in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who are dying. And it's not just the opioid epidemic. It is really a healthcare, public healthcare problem in this country. In our healthcare system, every single day, somewhere between 500 to 1,000 people die avoidable deaths. It makes the healthcare system itself the third or fourth leading cause of death in this country. And I could go on and on. uh, It's really astounding. And again, I have tremendous empathy being in the system for the people in it, the, the providers and the administrators, 
trying to hold a system together, as you pointed out, that isn't designed for what we needed to do. And they bend over backwards each and every day. As a result of that, one statistic is that about one out of every two physicians is burnt out. That means they're depressed, demoralized. It really is tragic. And the number is not getting better. It's getting worse. Every single day in this country, at least one doctor commits suicide. The rate of suicide amongst physicians, female physicians, it's 260% higher than women in any other profession. So again, I literally could spend the entire program, one fact after another, demonstrating the, the enormity of the problem we are facing in healthcare. And again, it is not getting better. If anything, it's getting worse. And so what I've been observing, and I've been in healthcare for nearly 30 years, I've been an innovator, a change agent for literally that entire time. And every year or two, something new comes along. Early on in my career, I spent a good many years teaching communication and empathy skills, then team building and leadership development. And then we got caught up on quality improvement and evidence-based medicine. And then it was the Toyota production system, lean process improvement and Six Sigma. And, and then it went to innovation. And then it was data. And then first- It sounds, the, it sounds like the business business section of a bookstore. It, it, you know, it's you literally could walk through. I've tried every, I've been involved in every one of them. I mean, you know, it went from data, we had data in March, and then all of a sudden the data got into clouds, and then it kind of condensed, and now it's in lakes. And then it's predictive data, and machine learning, and artificial intelligence, and robots, and chatbots. And all those things are important, and they're critically necessary. They're necessary, but they're not sufficient. And, and after mm -hmm. 25 or 30 years of doing this, I finally realized that you can't fix the problem with the same thinking that caused it. And each one of those solutions, by the way, brings with it more problems. Yes. And, you know, in, in the sad They're, they're Band-Aids when you need surgery. I don't know if I would catch them quite as bad as, but they're, they're just not a whole cloth. They're, they're, they're parts and pieces of the mm -hmm. puzzle. But what's, what I realized is we actually need a different puzzle to solve. Mm. And it's that the famous Einstein quote that you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that caused it in the first place. In the South, we have a phrase. I, I live here in Charlotte. I've been here for seven years. There's a wonderful phrase that says, you can't read the ingredients from inside the jar and the ingredients on the label from inside the jar. You've got to get outside of the jar. And so what I fundamentally, what I've written about and been thinking about for years in my thesis is that we are, not, not that we have to, we are actually shifting from an era of re-engineering, which we've been in for two or three decades at least, to an era of reframing. And I think that is my largest announcement to make. And that is really, really critically important. We, we have to stop fixing because to your point before about the Band-Aids, it's not a fix. What we need is a different way of thinking. We need to reorient our thinking. We need to redefine the problems. And then we, do, we need to redirect our strategies, tactics, and resources. And the major reframe, because we have to shift from a medical mindset of healthcare delivery to a marketing mindset. And what I mean by a marketing mindset is not marketing like public relations or sales or advertising. I mean the fundamental essence of marketing, which is really understanding your customer, identifying your customers, identifying a solution for them, and then engaging them in that solution. And I've got three steps that I've observed in every other industry. I mean, they live, they breathe this every single day, except for healthcare, which is we have to understand how to brand ourselves. That is a true value proposition. We have to redesign ourselves from a, from a customer perspective, not from our perspective, with a focus on results that matter to our customers. And then we have to reorganize ourselves in, the, in this new way. And that is what I've been observing. Literally, I'm not kidding you. I've been observing this for well over a decade. 
And it's surprising to me each time I talk to an innovator or entrepreneur, I just interviewed the secretary for the Department of Health and Human Services in North Carolina, Dr. Mandy Cohen, who's brilliant. And and we've never really talked to each other before. I mean, we've said hi, uh, you know, and I've heard her speak, but she was telling me what she's doing and her plan. And it literally what went through every single one of the mm-hmm. steps on my reframe roadmap. Mm-hmm. And I showed the book to her after the interview and she said, oh, my God, this is what I've been doing. And I said, I'm not surprised. So I want to hit on a couple of things that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I'm talking with Zev Newworth. He's the Senior Medical Director of Population Health at Atrium Health. But we're really talking about something he's doing independently, uh, a book. It's called Reframing Healthcare, A Roadmap for Creating Disruptive Change. You've just heard him talk about why reframing is so important. He has a podcast called Creating a New Healthcare. Both of those can be found at reframehealthcare.org. He's also on Twitter and LinkedIn at Zev Newworth, and I'm going to spell it because it's not exactly the way you would think. It's Z-E-E-V-N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H. The book is fantastic. The podcast is fantastic. The guests that Zev has gotten on his podcast are truly remarkable. I mean, these are the people who, with him as a group, are going to reframe healthcare for the benefit of all of us. It's interesting, of all the things on the roadmap that you talk about in the book and on your website, I looked at that with a lot of interest. And the one thing I pulled out to ask you about was the first thing you talked about relative to the roadmap. And that is, as it says, marketing mindset, the marketing mindset that must change to make healthcare effective or to do what Marcus Osborne, the VP of Health and Wellness Transformation at Walmart said, people too often say the U.S. healthcare system is broken. It's actually not broken. It was just designed for the right thing. What he's also saying without saying it is, if this was designed for the wrong thing, we better get to work and design something for the right thing. And I guess before you design it, you better understand what the right thing should be doing. Is, is that exactly. the right way to look, about, look oh, at it? Oh, my God, you, you said it so well. I, I wish I had talked to you before I'd written the book. <laughs> well, there's always the second book. That's exactly right. <laughs> so in this idea of reframing healthcare, mm-hmm. what do we need to know? And when I say we, I want to carve that into two groups. There's one group, which is CEOs and boards across the country who are actually in healthcare. What do they need to know? There's doctors in healthcare. There's politicians who are involved in, a lot of people are involved in healthcare. What do they need to know? And what do we, the public, need to know to make sure they know that we want this and we support them in making the changes you talk about that are required to deliver it? That is such a great question, and I'll, I'll try to do it justice. So I think the first thing that everyone needs to understand is that this change is not a theoretical thing that I'm talking about. The roadmap, the reframe roadmap, the, the shift from an era of reengineering to reframing is not theory. This is happening. And I think that intuitively on many levels, leaders across the board understand this and will get it very, very quickly. So the reason it's happening is that the system is just not sustainable. And you quoted Marcus Osborne, but there are just about every other leader in healthcare, whether they be in federal government or state government, policymakers, politicians. Every yes. mother knows this. Every Everyone. father knows exactly. this. Every senior knows this. Every Everybody exactly. knows this. Everyone knows it. The system is not sustainable because, first of all, it's unaffordable. It's hard to access. 
And once you get in there, it is so opaque and difficult to navigate. It's frightening. And so you're absolutely right. We all know it, but the numbers definitely prove it. And as a result, everyone needs to understand that it's changing on all levels. And in the book, I talk a lot about the major change. I would say the major catalyst right now are employers. I call employers the sleeping giant of healthcare delivery. They've been asleep for a while, but now they're awake and they're stirring and they're a bit angry. And they're you're, you're talking about because of the relationship between employers, employees, and healthcare. Absolutely. The cost of healthcare is crippling corporate America. The quote by Warren Buffett, he's, he's, if you just look up Warren Buffett and, and health, you Google that, you'll see his quote. I mean, it's plastered everywhere. He talks about healthcare as being the hungry tapeworm of corporate America, literally mm. sucking the nutrients out of corporate America. Mm. And again, this is not, I just want to say, this is not a ding on the amazing people in the healthcare industry. Again, whether it be administrators or providers or support staff across the board, these people are so well trained. They are so dedicated and so passionate and so hardworking. So this is not a ding on anyone in healthcare. In fact, so much of what I'm, I'm about and what I'm doing is actually to support them. Because yes. as I mentioned a moment ago, they're, they're dying on the vine. And so this is as much for the people in healthcare. It really is about humanizing healthcare for mm. providers as well as patients and their families. And so the forces in the market are there. And again, I, I, I studied strategic planning and I, I studied business management at the Harvard School of Public Health. And if you look at the forces in the market, the employers are literally the ones that are catalyzing the change, uh, as are the payers, including the federal government. And so everyone is reacting and responding to that. So that's the first thing. The second thing we have to understand is there's a lot of technology, and I mentioned a moment ago, a lot happening. But those fixes are not the solution. As much as anyone, I'm enamored with innovation and change. But those are just bright, shiny objects. They're just silver bullets. I've been around for 30 years doing this. I've seen one after another come and go. And in its wake, it leaves more problems. If we think Alexa is going to solve our problems, we're in big trouble. <laughs> and, and by the way, I love Alexa. She's my best friend. If, if, every time you say that, there's one sitting next to my desk. Oh, my God. about to right. spout off. So <laughs> be careful right. with that word. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sitting in a room where there is no Alexa. So, But I, I mean, I love technology. I love data. I love predictive. I love AI, love chatbots. I love it all. But what we have to understand is we have to understand the basic fundamentals of marketing, which is really about the consumer. We have to go back to the basics and we have to rebrand ourselves. We have to redesign ourselves from the consumer perspective and we have to reorganize ourselves. And I talk about this in the book, the idea that healthcare has to move from a supply side orientation to a demand side orientation. Mm. We are very, very focused on ourselves. And, and again, there's some good reason for that because we, we've got to be top notch. We've got to be safe, high quality, all that. But we have to start redesigning rebranding and redesigning healthcare to be focused on the customer. And one of the basic fundamental principles, which is true in every other industry, is something called segmentation. And you can't be everything for everyone, everywhere, all the time. Because if you try that, you'll be nothing for no one anytime. And so one of the things I talk a lot about in the book is this idea of beginning to segment healthcare to the customer. As an example, and I talk about this at some length in the book, the primary care or so-called medical home that just has to go. We have to start to think about it very, very differently. You can't have one office with one staff, with one provider, taking care of the most complex medical problems there are, and at the same time taking care of minor stuff. It just doesn't work out well. And so I think we need to start to segment and reorganize our approach 
by the need of the customer. For example, I think that we need to start to create what I would call as complex chronic care medical homes, where we are designed specifically for people with very, very complicated medical problems. And then I think we need to have what we already have. And again, I'm not making this up. It's already happening. And I can list off example after example of how this is already happening. We have to have on-demand urgent care centers that really take care of quick things, easy things to take care of in a short period of time. Without you going to the ER because you don't know where else to go. Exactly. Exactly. And there are more of these types of demand side brands that are beginning to pop up in the market. And so that's just one example. But I, I do think fundamentally, this is about humanizing healthcare. I want to ask you a question. And it just popped in my head, and maybe yeah. maybe it's an absurd question, but I'm going to ask anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm talking with Zev Newworth. His new book is Reframing Healthcare, A Roadmap for Creating Disruptive Change. His podcast, Creating a New Healthcare. His website is reframehealthcare.org. As you're describing this reengineering and talking about things like complex chronic care homes, on-demand urgent care, and the next thing would be telehealth. So if I don't literally have to travel anywhere to get help, I can get that. I mean, all of these things, Mm -hmm. of course, they make perfect sense. And then as you were describing it, I thought to myself, you know who's done this in another in other industries are, for instance, the people at Chipotle. Or I guess Ikea kind of did this, right? Mm-hmm. I guess Uber kind of did this. Mm-hmm. I get, I can think of a lot of other industries where there was a lot of chaos, never as mission critical as healthcare, right? But not all healthcare is mission critical, which is part of the problem you're describing. I'm just wondering, in addition to Warren Buffett, are there others from other industries who have been able to do that kind of reengineering in the industry they know? coming to the healthcare industry to bring their expertise or at least their philosophy and the lessons they've learned? Yeah, you know, I think, well, those are great examples. You just listed, you know, the Chipotle is a great example of a very, very segmented model. IKEA, as much as it sells lots of different things, that was designed for a very, very specific customer segment with a specific set of needs. And, yes, and, and, and expectations. It, and expectations. It's just a, another perfect example I think what's happening in healthcare is we're we're beginning to see a new entrance, and some of them are small, lots of startups, thousands and thousands of startups. So lots of a few of them are quite are quite large, right? And whether you know we're talking about Walmart or, or Walgreens or CVS or yes. Amazon or Google or Apple or Microsoft, we're beginning to see, and they are applying these fundamental rules of marketing to healthcare. And I think they're going after very, very specific segments of the market. I think one of the, I haven't really shared this with a, a lot of folks yet, so this is, this is sort of new, and it is in the book though. One of, I think one of the brands which people don't understand very well, and even those within the healthcare industry, don't understand the power of this particular brand, but it's what I call the platform brand. And so we're gonna see a lot more segmentation in the market because it just makes sense and it's, and it's happening. And, and so one of the arguments around this, one of the concerns is, oh, my God, you're going to fragment or healthcare is going to become more fragmented than it has been in the past and less safe and less seamless. And the answer to that is, in fact, what that has opened up is, and again, this is true in every other industry, is you need a platform. You need an operating system of some sort. And so what you're seeing, and I think this is one of the most exciting and generative new brand families that's entering the market, is this brand family of platform care brands where the, these companies are creating these connectors. 
And so they'll allow the different segments to be connected seamlessly. In the past, in, in fact, up till now, electronic medical records have been very, very proprietary. So I almost kind of think of them as medieval in a way. They're almost like castles with moats, right? They're turfs. They're very much turfs. Yes. And, and if you're in that little medieval village, you're okay if you're within <laughs> the walls. But if you think about it, the Renaissance and, and the, the tremendous change that happened, a lot of it was the fact that these walls came down. You can't have a thriving economy. You can't have commerce unless you take those walls down. And in order to do that in this modern age, the, the way to do, to do that is this platform care brand, these seamless connectors of care. And these companies are popping up. I mean, it is just amazing to watch them. So it, it's brilliant. I'm not sure if there's going to be many of them or if there'll be a few that win in the end, but I think they're going to be critically important for the future of healthcare. Is the CVS-Aetna relationship is that that coming together of those two companies an example of that? Or can you share names of platform companies with us so when we see them, we recognize that that's what you were talking about? I think companies like, I don't want to, you know, the problem with this, of course, is that you mention one or two and, and you leave. Uh, <laughs> Fair <others> enough. <laughs> out. So I'd rather not name names. But sure. If you stay tuned, I'm sure that in the second book. So the, the names, so just the term and, and say the term again, platform. Yeah, I, I, I call it a platform brand. And just like the other brands, whether you're talking about complex chronic or wellness mm -hmm. brand or condition specific brands. I think that we, we see, and I actually have a, a diagram of this for those people who are interested. I have a diagram of this in the book, and it's in, the, in I think, the rebrand chapter, the first rebrand chapter. And, and all the, all the segmented brands, and again, within each one of these brand families, there, there's dozens of different sub-brands. But the thing that's going to connect them all is, is this platform care brand. And again, I think it's going to allow for much uh, more seamless much more integrated, much lower cost, much safer connectivity mm. between the brands. Mm. I'm talking with Zev Newworth. His new book is called Reframing Healthcare, A Roadmap for Creating Disruptive Change. His podcast is Creating a New Healthcare. Really, Zev, you've interviewed some just amazing people on your podcast and in the book as well. His website is reframehealthcare.org. He's on Twitter and LinkedIn, at Zev Newworth. It's Z-E-E-V-N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H. I want to ask you one last question, mm -hmm. and that is you are so passionate about this on the podcast, in your book, in this conversation today. Is there an ecosystem for people within the healthcare system and even those on the outside but who have great influence like politicians and CEOs? Is there an ecosystem where someone like you gets to go and talk about this either as a speaker or as part of a panel? Are there events going on? I really want to know, do organizations and events and conferences get to have the insight that you're sharing with you standing in front of an audience and talking about all of this? That's a great question. And hmm, I guess I'm also asking yeah. if I'm in the system and I have an event like that, can I reach out to you and ask you to come and speak to us? So, of course, the answer is yes. I created, yes, and if you go to the website, www.reframehealthcare.org, you can click and, and uh, I'll respond to any requests people have. I created the podcast and, and, and wrote the book and, and created the LinkedIn group and, and 
whatever else is to come, in large part because I actually think there is a need for what you just asked for, which is where is there the space in between stakeholders? It's almost kind of like mm. the Starbucks concept of the third space. You know, it's not mm-hmm. home, it's not work, it's a space in between where you can meet. And I haven't found it. I mean, I love the conferences I go to, and I'm privy to go to conferences across the country. And, and there are snippets of this conversation. And yes, I would love to be invited to, to speak at conferences, to speak at boards. I mean, that's, that's the reason in part I wrote the book, is I want the opportunity to get this in front of people, particularly to CEOs and boards of, of, of payers and employers and, 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 and provider groups and hospital groups. But there is a need for, for a third space. We, we need to find common ground between the stakeholders groups because even in these association meetings that I've participated in, it's still very much within that stakeholder group. And so mm. I do, to your point, I think putting myself aside and putting other stakeholders aside, I think there is a need in healthcare for us to step back and have a different conversation. I think we need a different sort of leadership, a, a, a sort of network leadership. And, and that doesn't take anything from anyone today. There are just some amazing leaders. I'm in an organization that has a phenomenal leader. I listen to phenomenal leaders. The people are there. The leaders are there. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think, again, I think we actually need to reframe leadership. Well, and, you know, it's funny. As you were saying yeah. <laughs> all this, I was thinking it's, it's reframing. When these conferences start to change in the direction you're going, we'll know that everything else is changing with it. Yeah, I I, I I totally agree. I mean, I think, and it might be that within the conferences, they can have a space or a time where we can step back and <laughs> put things aside. And that would be stepping yeah, out. But that's or, a starting point. It would essentially. be. Essentially, yes. It would be. Yeah. But in the meantime, if you're listening and you are the person who picks the speakers for a conference or an event or a group, Zev is available. And as you've heard here, he's the right guy for the job to come and get your group thinking about these things and and beginning to talk about the roadmap and the reengineering and the reframing. His name is Zev Newworth. His new book is called Reframing Healthcare, A Roadmap for Creating Disruptive Change. His podcast is Creating a New Healthcare. I cannot recommend both of them more highly. They're phenomenal. I recommend going to his website, reframehealthcare.org, to find out more. You can also find him on Twitter and LinkedIn, at Zev Neuwirth, Z-E-E-V-N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H. And on LinkedIn, there's also a Reframing Healthcare group. You are a guy who wants to connect with people, talk about this and move things forward. And I urge you to share this podcast and to connect with Zev because it's for the benefit of all of us. Zev, thank you so much for joining us. Greg, it is such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for listening to this Encore podcast presentation from Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com. 